Welcome to the Gil and Brenda podcast as we share tips, tools, and tingles for your relationship. Listen for the action steps at the end, and now let's get to it. Welcome back. People are so patient. You keep coming back listening to us crazy people talk. Well, welcome to uh, gillandbrenda.com and uh, our podcast where we talk about tips, tools, and tingles for your relationship. Yes. Today, I'm so excited. We're going to talk about finances. There was a song back in the 70s that went, you know, money, 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 you know. Money. Yeah, money. Yeah. 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 Could you hit that? Are you aging yourself by? (laughs) I'm old. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, If you can remember that song and the group that sang it, you win our daily uh, guess that tune prize, which is a (laughs) pat on the back. Okay. Way to go. So financial intimacy. Boy, those two terms don't seem to really connect. Yes, they do. There are two things that spouses share that are extremely intimate. One is sex and the other is money. Ooh. You don't share your sex with anybody else but your spouse, as you should. You know, mm-hmm. biblically speaking, it's just meant for you and you and me. Mm-hmm. And money, I really don't share that with anybody else. You know, other than you, we have a joint account. I mean, the only one that really has, um, you know, access to that is you and me. That's it. That's right. And huh? the mortgage company. <laughs> and the credit cards because we have the automatic pay and, and all okay, that. But, we, you know, we, we have voluntarily gave that, you know, so right. anyhow, but we're talking about financial intimacy. Let's first define intimacy because a lot of people may not get that. It can get confusing. So the definition of intimacy is seeing you into me. So intimacy is not really a sexual word, although it's sometimes it's used there all the time, but I can be intimate with a girlfriend because we know each other really well, yeah. right? So, but with financial intimacy, with that, it's not really even about the money. It's about the experiences that you've had with money and what that means to you. Yeah, what the money means to us. Yeah. That's intimate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and we're going to kind of talk about that a little bit more today. So some couples put their money together. And uh, which we, we think really should be the goal because, you know, we're sharing intimacy. And so that means we're we're on the same page. We're close. When we do combine our accounts, it actually builds trust. It builds mm-hmm. transparency. And actually, I think it creates even an aspect of vulnerability in the relationship because, you know, if, if you go out and spend way more money on, you know, mad money and, and pairs of shoes and jewelry and things like that, uh, that wouldn't be so good unless we both agreed on how much you were going to spend and what we were going to do. So, yeah. Well, and it's not so much what I spend. It's like, what does the us need? So we made a dollar amount. I don't, can't even remember what it was now because we're not big spenders. But let's say it was, you know, $100 that neither of us need to get, let the other one know that we spent that unless it was over that amount. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not like we have to check in. Can I buy this cup of coffee? Can I do this? No, no, that that would be kind of silly because we trust each other. And Mm -hmm. that's that aspect of vulnerability that you're not going to go out 
you know, and blow a lot of money. Now, if I go out and buy a new fishing pole or, you know, new shoes or, or things and I rack up a bunch of money without talking to you about it, that's a little, you know, because hobbies and things like that, you know, are, are an issue that we need to be clear on. Well, especially if we've set a limit right. beforehand, we're honoring each other by saying, Hey, this is going to be a little bit more. It's just, I don't know. It's just respecting each other and communicating that, Hey, if we're going to go over a little bit over, let's talk about it. It's being intimate. It's not about hiding or playing games. It's being open. Right. Yeah. I got nothing to hide, mm -hmm. you know, and that's, that's the whole thing about sexual intimacy as well. I mean, you ain't hiding nothing. <laughs> it was, okay, well, we won't go there. Okay, so another aspect that we kind of wanted to bring up around financial intimacy are for those of us who, uh, you know, some of our friends who are blended families. And really the goal there is that you may eventually bring everything together as, as best as you can. But I think you made a really good point, Brenda, is that in some situations, Early on in the relationship in a blended family, it may not be wise. Now, now why is that so? Well, they, it might be better to keep their finances separate because there could be ongoing legal battles. Uh -huh. And that's definitely, we would say, you know, consult your attorney or accountant or something like that. Uh, because that, yeah, that could be a hot, a hot button for those situations. Right, so. But right. in the end, ideally, you know, you'd want all of your money in the same place. So, you know, you have no questions about what's going on. I think especially in a blended family as well, is, is oh, that yeah. we, we do things together. Uh, we don't spend money on our kids separately without one another knowing we don't vacation together without one another. And if I'm taking my kids someplace, then I will take yours. Uh, again, that's money. It has influence. And in a blended family, the ideal is to draw together and create, a family. Correct. And financial intimacy is required. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if yeah. you're hung up there, hey, let's talk. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I remember when we came together, our views and experience of money were really different. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't have a good relationship with money. It, it, it freaked me out. I got really tense how we did bills. I mean, early, even before we got married, we sat down and kind of did the bills together. I had one system, you had another. I was not real big on credit cards. You had no problem with them. I had been burned in my first relationship because of, you know, my former spouse running up bills before we got divorced and I got stuck with them. I mean, there's a lot of relationship stuff and intimately I got burned by money and I didn't want that to happen again. Right, right. So once again, it's not even, cannot say this enough, your relationship with money wasn't only about the money, but it was the emotion tied to the money. Right. Things that took place. And so when we first sat down and you realized my tension and the understanding behind it and how we did the bills, I needed to chill out. <laughs> uh, you know, and in my family of origin, my mom handled the finances. Dad was aware of it, but mom, you know, mom kind of ran, you know, she didn't have a spreadsheet, but she had a ledger and she ran, she ran the thing. But, you know, she and dad made decisions together. Mm -hmm. And in my first marriage, we sort of did and we sort of didn't. And that that really set me up to have a really negative relationship to money. Right. And it doesn't even really matter who does what, like who pays the bills or who, you know, but the idea is that you talk about it, I think, is the most Consistently, important. Consistently, intimately. Yeah. Yeah, so there's total transparency. Alignment. What, right. What yours is mine and what mine what's mine is yours. 
Yeah. What's mine is mine and yours is mine. <laughs> Careful. I want all of it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Money, money, money. So in a lot of ways, again, I just would recommend that if you are really tense about that when you're setting things up and blending the family or just trying to do your your money, even whether you're a blended family or not, find out what the relationship is. And that's kind of what we want to talk about a little bit more. And you could be married 20, 30 years, and you come up every month with paying the bills and there's tension, this would be a great opportunity to just pause for a minute and talk about what's really going on under the surface. Yeah, what's the history? Right. Something happened. And it's so easy because you get caught up in doing, you know, finances the same way for so many years, and it's always not a fun experience, and it's like, well, let's slow down a minute. Yeah, what, what's behind the, the, yeah. What, the why behind the why? Right. Yeah. So it is kind of interesting, uh, you know, folks, that in marriage, there's, uh, I think we've mentioned it before, that, you know, there's a lot of what they call uh, ongoing perpetual gridlock issues in marriage. uh, And some of them actually have no resolution. Great. Oh, boy. Yeah. I mean, 75 to 80% of issues going on long term in marriages of learning how to get along don't have solutions. They really just need to be understood and heard and heard. So when it comes to money, um, the Gottman Institute, for instance, says that there's five top issues that really are ongoing issues that may actually have some resolution, but you really got to work at it. And guess what? Money is one of them. The other happens to be parenting, sex, kids, and I think it's in-laws. Communication or something. Communication. conflict. Yeah, communication oh, and conflict. Yeah. So when it comes to money, they are, it, it's in the top five that most couples fight about. So if you're fighting about it, welcome to the club. <laughs> I mean, it's really it really is what's going on. But there are resources and ways to be able to get to the crux of the matter of why does this keep on tripping us up? Well... Uh, Brenda and I are, are um, trained and also use uh, an assessment that's referred to as Prepare and Rich. Prepare and Rich, if you're not familiar with it, it's been, it's been around for probably 50 years. It's in 12 languages. It's used around the world. And they're probably at a you know, at number, couple number six million uh, who have actually used the assessment. And one of the metrics uh, that are measured in the relationship is indeed finance. And, you know, with a lot of couples that I work with in my counseling practice and that we coach, uh, you know, as, as a team, mm-hmm. uh, when finances come up, we typically hand out this one resource on finances, uh, which is a questionnaire. What is the meaning of money? Where's your heart? You know, and so there's some questions and there's some scales that the couple can begin to kind of talk about it to themselves, kind of get some self-awareness so that they can then share with their spouse what their relationship is. And one of those is um, a, a assessment that kind of measures four categories by the use of 16 questions. And after answering those 16 questions, uh, there is a, a number assigned to, to each question. And to each question, then it gives that value. When you add up uh, the four different sections, there's been enough questions to answer uh, that you get these four categories, security, uh, leisure enjoyment, control, influence, or status. 
the meaning of money. Money means to me security. Oh, no, money means to me enjoyment. No, no, money to me means influence. Oh, no, money means to me status. Mm. And depending upon how you score each of the questions in those categories, you're going to get a quantifiable number that says, well, that to you is only important on a scale of 1 to 20, about a 10. But to me, it's 20. Well, if that's the case, we got an alignment problem. And therefore, stands the whole point of taking the assessment. Well, I think being able, and I'll put this in the show notes too, the security, leisure, control, and status, even to just have a conversation about that may give you some insight on the motivation your spouse has for money. Yeah. And if I don't understand how to put that into words, how do I know how to tell Mm -hmm. you? So these are at least four words you can start the conversation. Yeah. And we're wrangling and we really don't even know why. Again, self-awareness is kind of important. Financial intimacy. I got to allow you to see into me. And if I don't know how to explain it, you get the... You get the point. And who knows? Some of that could be totally connected to family of origin stuff. You know, I can't, I hate to say that everything in your life connects back to your childhood, but in some instances it might. It's foundational. Yeah. I mean, life goes through things and we, we, we indeed have volition to make choices, but you know, things are better caught than taught. And that happens to be finances as well, unless we are taught. And then the next question would be, and this could be a whole nother podcast, is your attitude on money. How is it affecting your kids? Because what they're, how they're seeing you interact with it, they're going to think that that's normal and that's healthy. And they're going to take care of that and do that in their adult life. Right, right. Which I really uh, kind of brings me to a story recently, you know, from the counselor's chair you know, I was in a conversation with a couple who've been married, let's just say probably over 20 years. And uh, the wife is getting more uh, increasingly intensively frustrated on how the finances are being handled. You know, they, they, they both come from a background to where they grew up in families that didn't have a lot of money. And so they've worked really hard to get where they're at. I mean, they they really are responsible. They have a great relationship overall. But in the counselor's room, we are wrangling on this financial issue because there is not really a financial intimacy as needed to be. The wife is actually waiting for the husband to be more participating in the financial management, keeping an eye on what's going on. And... For some reason or another, he's having difficulty doing that. You know, so far as is that is concerned, it really isn't a matter of making an excuse. It's a matter of saying, hey, my heart is in it. And little by little, he is turning, but his wife's patience are running out. And so in a lot of ways, we have to then, for that couple, they have to start talking about not what's good for you, but what's good for us. What's best for us? How, how do we do this? And creating steps that we can agree upon. And back to that point of what is alignment around uh, the money. For, for him, it's a little bit more of about enjoyment. For her, it's security. They have you know fairly common spending habits versus spend versus save. But we are really yet to get to a point to where when she asks for his follow-through, uh, on a financial matter, 
that he's reliable, that he will do what he said he would do in regards to paying the bill or taking care of running down something financial that takes some time in talking to a creditor or the mortgage company or something like that. And so when we as spouses are trying to be intimate and be teammates, when we are being asked to step up and do something to help the team financially, do it. <laughs> follow through. And when you do follow through, that builds trust, it builds transparency, and it builds alignment. And it's amazing because what you just, those words you just used, don't have anything to do with finances. Not at all. <laughs> it's all about, can I count on you? Are you reliable? Can I trust you to have you follow through? Will, your wor will you keep your word that you're going to do something? Well, yeah, I mean, it's just as simple as, you know, hey, guy, and this is kind of back to the conversation, uh, the bill for, you know, the utility is due on the 15th of the month. And did he get around to doing it? He said he would, but he didn't. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is a long term thing that just continues to repeat itself. And her trust is like zilch. And this is really important to her. So it's kind of like, okay, a deadline's a deadline. You cannot change that. There is no give. You gotta have the you gotta have the bucks into the you know the, the, the utility or whoever it is by the 15th of the month. Do what you said you would do. What's the excuse? I don't know. What's your relationship to money? Don't know. Is it laziness? Don't know. But if it's a priority and important to your spouse, then you know. Put an alarm reminder in your phone or, you know, do the old fashioned way, tie a string around your finger <laughs> or, or something, because in this case, this is really an important matter. It's not about the money. It's about I value you. You're important enough for me to do what you asked me to do. If I didn't, what's the message I'm sending to you? I would feel like you don't care. Uh, you're missing my heart. Um, I'm mad at you because you don't value what we're trying to do here. I mean, it goes on and on. Yeah. And, and in this case, it's not about the money because they both work really good jobs. They work hard. I mean, these are hardworking people and they are, they've, you know, they've started out with small, meager stuff, but now they're, they're doing okay. I mean, it's, it's, you know, they're middle income people and, and they're doing all right, but in this case, it's not that the money's not there. It's that it's there. It's that it's back to, I trust you. And the fact that I feel important when you do what I've asked you to do. Right. I feel like we're together. There's alignment. Okay, I'm kind of beating the heck out of it, but you get the point. Yeah. And this is a couple that has recovered from a couple of really just really dry, dry years and financial just coming back from the abyss. And so it's kind of like, it's not that they can't do it. It's the meaning associated to it. Okay. And sometimes I think what we have found if if people are hesitant to not engage okay. with the financial end of things, um, not always, but sometimes it's like, we always say, what's going on underneath the hood? It's not about the money. What's the emotion attached to it? And sometimes it may not be emotion. It may be an addiction, uh, and it's all somehow connected to finances, but you can have an addiction that's to shopping, to gambling, even to pornography. These are all process addictions. Right. As you're saying that, Brenda, it makes me re remember a couple that we did coaching with, oh my goodness, probably 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And the gentleman had a gambling problem. Mm -hmm. 
and it was an addictive level. And he, you know, he sought counsel and tried to get some help. But he, he couldn't break it. Well, because of the gambling, guess what went? His trust and honesty. He was not transparent. And so when his spouse found out about it, boy, did the fireworks go off because now she couldn't trust him. Right. It wasn't yeah. about the it money. It wasn't about the It was money. about trust. Yeah. And this was somebody who had rang up some pretty big bills with gambling. Right. And then other addictions that sound more common rather than you don't think of shopping as being an addiction, but it could be. Yeah, because it's, 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 it sure feels good. Right. And we've also got drugs and alcohol, which are substance addictions. But and they then, cost money. Right. They do. But it's not about the money. What is it about? <laughs> What's going on underneath the hood, you know? Right. So the question is, what is your relationship with money? Have you ever stopped to really think about that? And is it healthy? Wow. Wow. So the money's don't, the money, the, the numbers don't lie. They, they are what they are. And I, 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 Brenda has this little story from today uh, while we were out and about dealing with the issue between a need or a want. Right. So, ladies, you can you can feel my pain here, my my tension <laughs> going to home goods, and oh my gosh, you can totally just I can justify if I the difference between a need and a want because I need everything in that store, right? I mean, can you feel me? <laughs> <laughs> but then I have to kind of put this filter on of you know, okay, how badly do I need these? Really pretty gold candlesticks that would look so <laughs> nice. And Gil, you can go get them for me and surprise me for Valentine's Day if you want. But what? I decided not to purchase them. Um, and that was a hard decision in the moment. But I really had to stop and think, okay, how much stuff? And I think I'm pretty good. I'm not a big shopper or spender, I don't think. Am I? <laughs> don't answer uh, that. Uh. <laughs> You'll have to step out of the room for a minute. <laughs> no, I think we're both pretty. That has not been a big bone of contention. But it's just amazing to think how much culture influences our financial decisions. You know, back in the day, you would say, I'm you know, trying to keep up with the Joneses. I don't know if people use that same terminology, but especially with all the images that come at us so quickly it during during our day, it's just that whole idea of do I need this or do I want this? Now sometimes it's okay to get a want because yeah. we spoil ourselves. Sure, sure. But then again, how many candlestick holders can you have? Uh, according to you, probably infinite. Yeah, shoes are the same thing. You can never have enough shoes. <laughs> well, it goes back to those you know those four categories of you know, money is enjoyment, and occasionally you know if you've got the money and you know go ahead. Yeah, and that even tells you to the point if you are not struggling financially and you've really been blessed with a lot of finances, mm. are you still good stewards of it? That's a good point. Because you could have a ton of money and still have addictions and stuff and not managing it well. Yeah. And that could actually undermine your relationship. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So it does take relationship. You know, honestly, your money... Um, Acts, your money financial intimacy in a lot of ways really reveals where your heart is. And I'm sure that a lot of you have heard it said that if you were to let someone look at your checkbook, if there's such a thing anymore, or bank a bank a statement or whatever, but if somebody was to look at your finances, your back bank statement, they could see what's really important to you. Mm -hmm. 
because there it is again, another candlestick purchase. <laughs> wow, how many? Wow, that is really important to you. I mean, that you know, I don't even know if that's one of the categories, but it's there again. Gosh, how many? Let's see, that would be. Uh, yeah, it gives me security to know I'm decorating my home well. The leisure part is the actual adventure of going to Home Goods. And the control is that I'm controlling my environment and status is because everyone's going to love it. So, see, I hit all four areas. Wow, you've totally justified <laughs> that. I have no arguments. I guess that's the end of the show. <laughs> okay, so where your heart is. Because in a lot of ways, priorities really are exemplified where you put your money. Mm-hmm. You know, put your mouth, you know, put your money where your mouth is type of thing. Mm-hmm. And for some people, it's fitness. With other people, it's dining out. With other people, it's housing, modest or something that's really extravagant. Food can even be that where hey, I'm okay with just, you know, pizza where somebody else is, oh no, we got to have a pizza from the really good place, not just mm-hmm. from, you know, your, you know, the pizza shack down the street. Transportation. Do you do you really have to have the newest, finest, hottest car? Or is something that's used that's reliable okay? There's travel. I mean, that's super important. I mean, I would say that's probably where we would land because we really value traveling. Credit cards. Whoa, this is stepping on somebody's toes. Financial intimacy. Do you pay off your balances every month or do you let them ring up and kill you with interest rates? Well, Dave Ramsey would probably say some things about that. We'll kind of come back to that. And I would say listing these areas like you did, Gil, of finance, dining out, housing, food, transportation. We're not here to to downplay or guilt you because you're driving a Porsche instead of a Pinto. That's not the point. The Pinto? Point, do they make Pintos anymore? <laughs> <laughs> a Ford product? I don't know. The point is, is this, once again, it's not about these specific things. It's is where are what are you valuing? And if you value a Porsche over a Volkswagen, that's irrelevant. It's it's that you're talking about it and that you're agreeing on it. Right, right. Because really, it's it's not. Well, it is a little kind of scary when you think about it. Financial intimacy. How would you feel if someone saw your finances? Mm. I mean, talking about intimacy. Hey, this is just between you and me. Right. Well, that may not be so much as if you're sitting with the IRS. They got, you know, they got some uh, r- r- rules there that you're supposed to abide by. But really, when you think about it, if if somebody did see your finances, would you be embarrassed or would you be proud? Would you be confident? It's like, yeah, we we really have good priorities with our finances, and it shows. It yeah. we, we are really putting our money where our heart is. Right. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. So. Yeah, kind of landing the plane here, as we say. You know, the question is, what is your relationship with money? I think that would be a very good conversation to have uh, with your spouse, just to share where you're at in those yeah. four areas. Yeah, and, and and when we get to the action steps, if you want, you know, that that relationship questionnaire, you know, we'll we'll let you know how to do that. But I, I again just come back to what's your relationship with the money? Well, what's our relationship mm-hmm. with the money? Are we being intimate with our money with one another because it shows honor to the us Mm -hmm. and you know if if you're struggling in a way and you're asking me for help or to adjust and i don't then the intimacy is going to be broken right that's not good no that's not good because probably not gonna be good for the sex either no good connection (laughs) yeah you'd be sleeping on the couch 
awful lot. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, I buy a really nice couch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, so, there you see how you're spending your money? Yeah, there we go. So it's not about the money, you guys. It's not about the money. Even if you got a lot or you got a little, it's about the relationship to the money together. Right. So some action steps for you. Well, first one would be to meet with a financial advisor. Or, you know, even if there's someone in your life that you feel is pretty um, confident in how they and successful in how they handle their money, it's not successful in the sense that they have more money than you, but just how they deal with their money. You might want to have a meet meet with them and see what ideas they might have. Yeah, we actually did that pretty early on in our relationship and it really helped us. We met with a certified financial planner, but we then met with somebody to just kind of go over the nuts and bolts of our uh, our budget. That was a little, that was a little hard because, you know, we respected the person. So yeah. Yeah. We're open to making changes. Yeah. Um, and then this will all be in our, our show notes too, but you can check out Dave Ramsey's materials. He's the guy that, um, financial independence, financial peace university. Yeah. Good, good product. Yeah. Yeah. Another one, if you are a step family, you might want to look into this one. Uh, it's a co-authored book by about three different guys, but the title of the book is Smart Step Family, The Smart Step Family's Guide to Financial Planning. It was put out a couple of years ago, uh, but it actually, and there's, again, you know, they have some uh, 10, 10 pointers on how to get started. Yeah, and good. if you'd like that, let us know. We can forward that to you. Yeah, and then we also have, um, from the Prepare and Rich assessment that we offer to our clients, there's um, six pages of a financial worksheet that you can kind of go through. So if you'd like a copy of that, we'd be more than happy to email it. So just uh, contact us at hello at gilandbrenda.com. Right. So Okay. So yeah. where's your money at? It's intimate with you. I'm putting my money on you. <laughs> yeah. That's always been a great return because that is a great return on investments is our love mm-hmm. and respect for one another and how we handle it is such a, a, a blessing. So mm-hmm. again, Yes. Because if you remember, if you ain't got the marriage, you ain't got nothing. Okay. Thanks again. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, glad you joined us today. Want to connect with us? Find us at gillandbrenda.com and the usual social media outlets. We are available for coaching, counseling, marriage intensives, seminars, workshops, retreats, and so much more. We'd love to encourage you in your relationship. Give us a call today and thank you to our producer and engineer, Corby Stevens.